0: Welcome to Valley of the Sun Real Estate Show. Anything and everything you need to know when it comes to your real estate needs. Hosted by Jason Bates, who comes with over 19 years of experience that you can trust and has been known to take a turn down and turn it around into an approval. And by Tina Wagner of the Wagner Team, serving both buyers and sellers with over 2,000 homes sold in the Valley of the Sun and 30 years of experience in the Valley. They are the real deal in Phoenix real estate today. Hello Phoenix, how are you doing? This is Jason Bates, your host, along with Tina Wagner um, of the Valley of the Sun Real Estate Show. And I hope everybody's doing well. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate your time here. And on today's subject, we're going to talk about should I purchase a home at the top of my affordability? So, but before we get started, how, how are you doing, Tina?
1: I'm good. I'm good. It's been a busy week in real estate. Lots of stuff are changing out there from uh, people buying homes and Fannie Mae changing their guidelines regarding people that have had bankruptcy, foreclosure, loan modifications to um, turning back into a seller's market with low inventory out there for the average uh, purchaser. So it's it's been a fast-paced last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. You know, I just saw that report. It's funny you mentioned. I just saw that report from... Uh... Was it W.P. Carey Business School or, or Michael Yeah, Orr? the
1: Business School of Management in the ASU Housing Report.
0: Right. He, he thought that there would be a shortage of, of homes on the market, which may drive prices up in the near future.
1: Correct. So if you're in a, a buyer, right now is the time to be aggressive and uh, maybe rethink your strategy when purchasing a home. Let's. Uh, in a portion of this uh, conversation here today, we want to talk a little bit about uh, – saving um, pennies and spending dollars. It it's might not be the best choice, so we have some better tips for a purchaser in the market on how to uh, purchase a home before that market shoots up and our interest rates go up, which is the future projection.
0: Yes, absolutely. Interest rates will be on the rise, no question about that, and it really does play into our topic today, and, and I get asked this quite a bit, and, and one of the things that I ask clients when we first start to talk about purchasing a home or going over a loan application is what kind of payment are they looking for? And so part of what we're going to talk about today is not just about the purchase price, but also the affordability and the payment each month. And most people, when looking at home purchases, look at what is my monthly payment? What's my bottom line? And then we kind of work it backwards to determine how much they can purchase or how much home they can purchase. Um, right, and that
1: translate on my end from a real estate agent broker perspective. We call that purchase power. What is your purchase power? Right. You might afford two hundred and fifty, but based on your your comfort your comfortability factor, and right. uh, what you're what you're used to paying, and considering all the other debt, it doesn't necessarily have to be the maximum for what you qualify for.
0: Right, and so we're gonna now. I want to get kind of get started in this because some of this is um, going to be breaking down some payments, what's in, what's in a payment, what's not in a payment, and, and then really kind of go from there. So I'll start off by saying here that some lenders have some restrictions when it comes to your debt-to-income ratio, um, What you can, how much you can purchase and how much you can't based on the debt-to-income ratio. And the debt-to-income ratio is the relationship between the amount of gross income that you have coming in, whoever's on the application, Uh, versus the amount of debt you have going out. But there's also a second part to the debt-to-income ratio, which not many people talk about, which is the most important, which is your housing ratio, or sometimes referred to as your front-end ratio. And that is the relationship of just the new house payment in relation to your gross monthly income. And Fannie Mae really suggests that your housing ratio should not exceed 28%. So, if, you're, if you take your gross monthly income and you multiply by 28%, your house payment should not exceed that number. Now, having said that, I'll tell you that I talk to a lot of buyers, and they inevitably, especially with the prices of homes going up and, and so on and so forth, it gets very difficult to manage that 28%. So we have a lot of clients who are above that 28%. So that's just a kind of a gauge from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. As to what they feel is the most affordable for a homeowner to be in that price range, if you will, at 28% front-end ratio. Um, but I'll tell you, I'll probably get you approved for more than what you can than, than that 28%. I mean, I can go as high as a 36% front-end ratio. And when we talk about affordability, this is something that gets a little bit. I don't want to say a gray area, but it gets a little dangerous for me because I'm only going to approve you for what you're comfortable with. I'm not one of these loan officers who's going to try to push you into a higher payment. There's, all this, there, there's a lot of comfortability in, that go, in, in what goes into a home purchase. And if you're not comfortable, then I'm not doing the loan, period. Um, so a lot of times I'll get people qualified for more than what they're actually comfortable in paying. And as I said, 36%. Now, mind you, that's on a gross monthly income, not a net. And when we budget ourselves, um, we really budget ourselves based on the net income.
1: So can you give me and uh, the typical buyer an example? We were talking about percentages. Can we break it down into even a more uh, um, elementary level of understanding? Using an average income of fifty thousand dollars a year and maybe a car payment of five hundred dollars a month, and that's it
0: yeah, so um at fifty thousand dollars a year, hang on one second here, and i'll get um get a calculator out here so I can go over this these um these numbers here together, but on a fifty thousand dollar a year income you you're gonna take your your monthly income, which is about what four forty four thousand dollars just over that forty two hundred dollars
1: a month yeah
0: yeah dollars a month so you're going to take that income and multiply that by say 28% for a housing ratio so we take that forty four hundred dollars multiply that by 28% hang on one second here and we get Come on, calculator, don't go out on me now. Times. All right, so that equals about 1232 so $1,232. Now, that would be your, your house payment total. Now, within that house payment, we're going to take into consideration the insurance, homeowner's insurance. Which here in the valley, uh, about an average is about seven hundred to seven hundred twenty dollars a year, maybe a little less, maybe a little bit more, depending on what you have for for um, you know if you have collectibles or if you have um, uh, any type of artwork or anything like that that you want to have covered, it might be a little bit more expensive, or depending on the neighborhood, it might be a little more expensive or a little less expensive, and then taxes. Taxes as a lender, we use about 1% of the value of the home for taxes, which is a little bit aggressive. Uh, taxes, property taxes right now are a little less than that. Um, so 1%, if you factor that in, is pretty good. that's a pretty good rule of thumb. Uh, and then if you have mortgage insurance, you're going to factor that in there as well. If you're putting more than 20% down, then there's no need for mortgage insurance. Or if you're doing a VA loan, there's no mortgage insurance. But on an FHA loan or less than 20% down, you're going to have mortgage insurance. And then the other thing that's going to be factored into there is the HOA, or Homeowner Association. A lot of neighborhoods here in Phoenix have a Homeowner Association, and those vary. uh, Anywhere from, what, $15 a month to a couple hundred dollars a Uh,
1: month. Yeah, they could be a couple hundred, depending on if water uh, water, sewer garbage are included. And and some they are. For the majority, they're not. But uh, that could anywhere. That's a pretty good guesstimate.
0: Right. And so on a, on a, from a lender's perspective, that 1232 has to encompass all those things, plus your principal and interest payment. So even though your payment, I know a lot of people go to the Internet and go to maybe a mortgage calculator and they put in the numbers, but they forget to put in some of these other variables into that formula. So you want to make sure that you have those things in there. And On average, I put a $50 HOA fee in there. Uh, like I said, 100 or $720 a year for insurance, and then I put um, uh, 1% of the sales price in there for, for taxes as a conservative number. And then on top of that, if you have mortgage insurance, you can go to a couple websites. Uh, Radian is one of the mortgage insurance companies. That's R-A-D-I-A-N. You can Google search that, MI Radian, and that will pull up, and they'll have an MI calculator that's free to the public. That's the same ones that we use. MGIC is another one that you can use. Uh, They have an uh, MI calculator on there, too, and you just plug in your numbers, and it will tell you how much you will pay in in mortgage insurance. So when you add those things together, we can't exceed that 28%. But as I said before, we can go above 28% in getting you approved. But that's why I ask at the beginning of the conversation, what is your comfortability? What are you comfortable in paying? Most people will look at their rent. If they're currently paying $1,000 a month in rent, um, then they're comfortable around that $1,000 mark. They don't want to jump up to a $3,000 house payment, even though on paper they may be able to afford it. Um, now, it's important to note here, too, with the prices going up or starting to creep up and inventory low and the competitiveness of, of, the, of the real estate market, that sometimes you've got to put your best foot forward or you may not even be able to find a home that kind of ticks all your boxes for what you're looking for in the price range that's affordable. That's where the creative type of financing comes into play with ARMS. Uh, you know, it used to be the, the negative amortization loans, the interest-only loans, those sort of things. Those aren't too popular right now. 30-year fixed is really all that I pretty much recommend, except for like maybe a 15 or, or maybe even a 20-year uh, mortgage. Um, but an arm right now is just not priced well enough, and we're not stable enough in our economy to really take on that risk. Now, having said that, there are a lot of people who have jumbo loans who favor the arms. They really like the arms and the jumbo market. But for a first-time home buyer, if you're looking to have some stability and know and budget yourself, a 30-year fixed is, is, is the primary choice of most people.
1: Well, that's typically what we recommend when we're talking to people because they want to know what their payment is going to be for the long term. So when they're when they're looking at uh, uh, purchasing a home and we have the discussion with them, that the old creative stuff we kind of. Use as a last measure. It's a, it's a better way to buy your home, especially with the competitiveness that we're in now. In the past, reflection on what happened in the market when people got too creative, they fell into this trap of of these adjustables and and modifications that got them into a little bit of trouble. So, to from a smart strategic standpoint, um, that fixed interest rate and affordability factor should balance.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So. We also, you know, talk about affordability. It's not just getting you qualified for the home, but it's also after you get into the home, having a home, and there, there are certain, you know, responsibilities to being a homeowner. And part of that is keeping up with the maintenance of the home. And there are certain things that are going to come up that you need a budget for. So when we talk about purchasing at the top of your affordability, yes, I could probably get you, you know, qualified for a home that's at the top of your, you know, affordability, But if you're on this razor's edge where you're living paycheck to paycheck and if something were to happen to the home or even outside the home, whether it be medical or just life in general, um, that could disrupt your ability to repay the loan, then that's something you need to consider too. Um, You know, with the home, if the hot water tank goes out, do you have enough reserves to cover that? Or are you going to be taking from your money to help pay, you know, taking from your monthly income and subtracting that from your, your ability to repay the loan to fix the hot water heater. so And
1: I recently had a, a first-time homebuyer that came across that instance to where she had enough for her down payment and closing costs, but in the yeah. event anything happened and we purchased a home warranty, she was in the 165 range, um, she wanted to have enough reserve in case that happened because there really is no way to tell, uh, you know, the house is the house, so that the houses need maintenance and care and knock on wood, nothing goes wrong in the first couple of years, but you still need to maintain it, and it could happen. Water heaters go after time, and that's just one of the things you figure. so you want to factor that into it into the whole um, into the whole big picture. so if you're using that down payment and closing costs that you have some reserve there. so if you did qualify for one seventy five you might be more comfortable with the one sixty five and have some reserve and cushion. might be the smarter avenue rather than maxing yourself out. And not having that that reserve to cover you if needed.
0: Right, it is a difficult balance. I I get it because you go out there and you look at homes and you come to me and say, Hey, Jason, there's just no homes with that kind of payment. You know, I'm comfortable with this payment, but I can't find anything that I like at this payment. And so then you kind of feel forced, or not really forced, but you know, you feel kind of maybe obligated. You really want to buy a home, and you start looking at homes that maybe are a little more expensive. Um, Now, there are certain things that I can do to help with that, especially when we're talking about conventional financing. And if you have, you know, pretty decent credit, we can get rid of the mortgage insurance or buy out the mortgage insurance to make it a little bit more affordable for you. There are some creative ways like that to get that done. Um, But if you're an FHA buyer, you're going to have that mortgage insurance. You're going to have certain things and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, And you you just got to come to terms and maybe rebudget and rethink your strategy and how to approach that but it is important to budget yourself for just the cost of owning a home
1: so i w- I would like to add that too sometimes people undercut themselves uh, when they are buying a home and, and limiting their budget just Good point. Um, to to see that maybe they could have afforded that extra forty five dollars a month to put them in a different purchasing bracket so if they're seeing nothing they like in the hundred and forty five Thousand range or the two hundred and forty five thousand range by bumping up that extra twenty thousand you may find the ideal home and it only makes very little uh, difference in your monthly payment. You're actually going to get what you want and be happy of the area to live in the homes amenities, the, um, the the upgrades that you were looking for that you may have not been able to get in that ten or twenty thousand dollar price range that you limited yourself but you in fact did qualify for so it's a really good idea to sit down and look at your budget. And, and weigh the obstacles because a year from now, that 40 or $50 a month may well have been worth it instead of looking at the scenario always wishing that you had gone up just a little bit and be comfortable with your lifestyle for the next five to 10 years. So you have to sit down and take a very logical um, look at the fact of what does 40 or $50 mean to you? Does it mean you're gonna be there for five to 10 years or do you only plan on being there for two years? Is your house going to maintain its value? You can't ever pinpoint that, but you can get a pretty good uh, ballpark if you're going to buy a home that has two bedroom and one bath, versus paying a little bit more and buying a home with three or four bedrooms and two bathrooms and a two-car garage. Your value and return on your investment is going to be a little bit better long term.
0: Absolutely, and you got to look. I've I've done quite a few loans for people who buy on the outskirts of, of, of town and then, but they work in downtown. And you know, inevitably, after six months, they're tired of making that drive in, in this in this Phoenix traffic. It can be kind of a kind of a pain, no question about that. I mean, they they call me and say, Hey, Jason, I'm just tired of spending three hours a day in traffic, and so they want to move. And so you really got to look. I mean, I guess the bottom line here is you got to look at the big picture. What's your lifestyle? You know, how close are you to family? If you're if you're a big family person. Um, you know, nightlife, if you're a big nightlife person, you got to look at the big pictures to what you want to purchase and how much you want to purchase a home for. The other thing, too, that I'll throw in here for affordability, you got to look at this as an investment, too. This is a big investment. It's an investment in lifestyle. It's an investment financially. So sometimes, um, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes making that stretch um, to be able to afford a home that you know, fits all the things that you're looking for is not a bad bad choice, especially if you know, you know, say, you're fresh out of college, you just started your job, and in six months' time, you know you're going to get a pay raise. I know those have been few and far between in our country here in the past few years, but they are starting to become more and more um, companies do seem to be giving pay raises on a more regular basis. So if you know you're going to get that pay raise um, – that might be something where you initially take that stretch, knowing that you're going to have a pay raise, or maybe you're going to pay down a bill or pay off a bill, therefore freeing up some more cash to make it more affordable in the very near future. I don't suggest doing that over the next five years, uh, but in a short, you know, six month, eight month period, um, maybe initially taking taking a leap of faith uh, may not be such a bad that deal. So. Well, and again, I, I mean, this is kind of a short subject here, really, the, the, should I purchase a home at the top of my affordability, Cause, because it's really a, a personal choice. It's really up to you. Again, most lenders uh, are probably going to approve you for more than what you are comfortable with. And as a result, it's really some due diligence on your part um, on whether or not you feel you can make that payment.
1: And now, sitting down with your broker or your real estate agent can uh, can help you make those decisions because you're going to be able to see what's in the market for your money. So you may get what you're uh, looking for for less, or you may be able to expand that and underestimate yourself and get a little bit more for what uh, um, what you qualify for. In other words, being too conservative if you qualify for 200000 but you, in your mind, think that one hundred and eighty dollars is your max because you don't know what that payment's going to be, you very well very well may qualify for another ten, or fifteen that you can use in your buying power or in your buying power if your interest rate is lower than what uh, than what you estimated your payments at.
0: Absolutely, and for a good agent, obviously call Tina Wagner. She's been doing it a long, long time. She can certainly walk you through um, the neighborhoods. The you know, homes that may be increasing, maybe stagnant, maybe leveled off, um, you know, all the different things that go into purchasing a home and all the things that you're looking at as from an investment angle, she can certainly educate you on all that. And she can be reached either uh, by her, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. You
1: can reach me by email at wagoner3000 at net, or yep. on my uh, cell phone at 602. 602- Two four five five zero one zero, or you can always reach my office at 602-293-3463.
0: Absolutely. So do reach out to her if you have any real estate questions. And certainly if you have any lending questions, I'd love to help you out. Uh, again, Jason Pates and you can reach me at valleythesunrealestateshow at gmail.com. That'll come right to me or you can call me directly on my cell phone at 602-573-3101. So, I know this one. We're going to cut a little bit short here uh, because it's really this topic here. We wanted to put this topic out there because uh, some people have some apprehensions about purchasing. Um, purchasing now, you know, is the market going to turn down? Is it going to go up? Should I purchase high? And if I purchase high, is the value of the home going to go down? And therefore, I'm upside down before I even know it. Um, I think those days are really behind us. Don't you? Don't you think, Tina?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, once you sit down and do your budget and get what you qualify for, it's important that you connect with a realtor and translate that into what's available in the housing market. We have a lot of changes coming down the pike right now, including uh, interest rates going up in the near future. Our housing supply is down right now, so you want to make a real educated um, and informative decision when you are deciding on your purchase price because that will help determine what houses you have in your market. Uh, you may not, you may only have two or three to look at, or you may have twelve or thirteen to look at. So, in order to make that education educated decision, you gotta know what you qualify for and how that translates into purchase price for you before you start looking.
0: And and I think it's important to to stay here too, or to stay here. Um, don't wait till the last minute to decide to purchase a home. If you even think you're going to purchase a home in the next six months at least have a conversation with a realtor or a lender as to what the options are. The last thing you want to do is wait until your landlord kicks you out or um, you know you sell your home like these splits. You don't want to wait
1: thirty days prior to before your lease expires to start yeah. looking. You need to look well in advance.
0: Absolutely because then you may be have you may be forced to purchase at the top of your affordability. And that's not necessarily a good feeling either because that might be all that's available or you're going to be homeless kind of thing. So we don't want that. So yeah, if you're Nobody
1: even, ever wants to be in that position. So the smarter choice is to get a real good jump on it.
0: Absolutely. you got time. Time is on your side. So, you know, make good use of that. And we'd be happy to help you out and, and put you put, put a plan together and, and get you in a home so that you're comfortable and not stressed out. So, all right. Well, I think, I think we've covered everything. We've gone from start to finish here. Um, you know, tune in next week, we're going to be talking about other things related to real estate. You know, right now we really haven't picked out that topic, but we will pick out that topic. So do subscribe to our show. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, send us your comments, questions, anything we'd love to, uh, love to talk to you. So I don't know if you have anything else to add here, Tina, but, um, you know, I think, think uh,
1: I think you've covered it pretty well. As the main point being, we've seen some dramatic um, changes going on in the market right now. They're currently changing, and we're getting updates and bulletins on a daily basis. So, if they do want to know what those changes are or see what the inventory looks like, I'm more than happy to send that to them. To them, as well as your issuing a prequalification and, and identifying their purchase power, so they can see how those two relate to each other.
0: Right. And I have no problem you know going over several different scenarios. you know I just spoke to a, a lady yesterday, a young lady who was which, looking to purchase her lender only went over f h a the f h a option with her um, she had excellent credit and uh, we won't name any big banks here, but it was with a big bank and she um, called me on the recommendation of her realtor. I went over all the options with her uh come to find out the Conventional financing is a much better option for her, both short-term and long-term. And as I've said many times, and I've said even to her, if you listen to a lot of the financial planners, the big ones, you know, Susie Orman or Dave Ramsey or any of those big financial planners, they'll tell you that conventional financing is a better long-term mortgage loan than FHA.
1: I'm going to have to wholeheartedly agree. If you have that option, it's probably the best option available to them.
0: Yeah, and if your lender's not going over these options with you, you need to fire them, and you need to call somebody who's going to go over the options because an educated consumer is a better consumer. So um, so give me a call. Send me an email at valleythesunrealestateshow@gmail.com, at gmail.com or call me at 602-573-3101. Don't wait till the last minute. Um, subscribe to the show. We'd love to hear from you and love for you to follow us, follow us here on iTunes or however you found us on the Internet. Um, but thanks again for listening. We really appreciate your time. I don't know if you have anything else to add, Tina. No, next week. I think
1: that's. Uh, uh, I think we're good All for right. today, and I look forward to the topic next week.
0: All right, fantastic. Well, thanks again, and I will talk to you guys soon. Right, bye bye. Arizona Mortgage Loan Originator, NMLS 220798, Mortgage Banking License is 092614, Equal Housing Lender, sound effects today provided by soundj.com.